Hello, and welcome back to Gaming from the First Age. I'm First Age, and we are on to episode two. Episode two. It's like, you know, session two in a campaign, isn't it? When you, I don't know, you sort of get going and you think, right, we're off. We're off. Session two. We've had session one. We've had our session zero. Um, we're established. It's, this campaign's going to last for years. And, you know, campaigns can probably last about 10 sessions, I find. But there's a, a topic for conversation a bit later, I think, on on the the nomenclature uh, for um, naming and describing campaigns. Um, but there we are. We're on session two. In this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Omega actual play. Uh, we've got a call in, which uh, we'll play, and I'll respond to that, which is lovely. Uh, and I'm going to do a bit of a canter through some observations of Omega, having played it. Uh, talk maybe a little bit about some of the other generic systems out there and how it might compare with those. And uh, I want to also talk about, you know, follow-ups, next campaigns, uh, convention games that I'm planning and undertaking at the moment, and maybe a little bit about Gen Con, because we are in the middle of Gen Con, and I am going to Gen Con, uh, largely because it's online, so I can. But um, nevertheless, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about that, uh, what I'm playing uh, and what it's like, and some thoughts about um, maybe some thoughts about Furnace as well. We'll see if I get to that. But certainly I want to talk about uh, Gen Con as well and some of the things that I've been hearing and playing. Great. Okay. Well, that's it for the first segment. And now let's hear from one of our listeners. What's up, First Stage? It's Arlen Walker of Live from Pelham's Wasteland. Yeah, I really liked your um, Omni System episode. It was uh, interesting. I was not buying RPGs in 2005. Um, I was 10 at the time, so, you know, not not a whole lot of disposable income, and I was more into the video games than the RPGs. Um but yeah, it was really cool, and I really would be interested in hearing about how um, the modern version, Atlantis the Second Age, plays, because I have bought into that game a little bit. I have PDFs of a lot of stuff, and I have the core book as a physical copy, but um, I kind of skimmed through it once and then haven't done anything else with it, so I'd be really interested in hearing um, how that game is uh, playing out at the table. So if you have time for that, it'd be great to hear about that. All right. Peace out, man. Well, thank you, Arlen. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I haven't yet got Omni stroke, you know, Omega out onto the table. I would very much like to do that. I've kind of got this. Um, there's probably a couple of ways I'm going to do it. I've recently munched on Talislanta, the Savage Lands. It's uh, so that uses the Omni system. In, in fact, you can get it in uh, Western Games D6, and I think you can also get it in kind of an OGL 5e format for that. But you know, it's me, so I went, I went Talisman to system, if you like, which is Omni, and I like the look of that. It's you know set a thousand years before the sort of classic Talislanta setting just after uh, an apocalyptic uh, eldritch disaster 
which has swept civilization away. So it's it's got a real sort of post-apocalyptic um, magic siphoned away, but there's some strange sort of magical effects out there. Uh, some very interesting tribes and um, uh, setting elements, which I think could play really, really well. I'm kind of tempted to get that to the table or the virtual table. And I think I've got one or two people that might be interested in that. So uh, let me know, uh, incidentally, if you're interested in playing that. The other one I sort of fancied with uh, Omni was just literally to kind of, I don't know, go a little bit old school, I guess, and uh, draw a map and kind of just get out there, run a fairly sort of nice high fantasy setting, lots of freewheeling, um, classic encounters, uh, going through the levels, of it, as it were, not that there are levels, uh, and having a really good time and building out a map, a setting and adventures together kind of thing, like a, a really sort of fairly open kind of a game. If you're interested in that, let me know as well. Um, I kind of like that one. I, it, it sort of calls to me a little bit. Um, maybe I need to get that one out of my system. So I haven't actually got it to the table yet. And when I do, I will doubtless tell uh, you all about it. But prior to that, um, I have had the opportunity to play the Omega system. I've played Atlantis the Second Age. I feel sort of, I don't know, a little bit privileged. Lucky might be the uh, way to put it. I got a, a lovely invite from Jerry D. Grayson himself um, out on Discord uh, to say, fancy playing a game. And I thought, yeah, why not? To be fair, I didn't actually know what the game was until about an hour before we played, and it was Atlantis. I was glad it was Atlantis, because I was hoping it would be that. And I got to play with the author himself, which is fantastic. A couple of really lovely players uh, who, who played, and they were, you know, they were full on with their characters. We played some great, great, a great session of uh, Atlantis the Second Age. Fairly simple setup. Um, I picked out, we use the pre-generated characters that comes with the game. They're really, really interesting and quite varied. And I decided to play a djinn um, made of fire and ash and sort of naturally magical kind of a character. And indeed, I wanted to play around with the uh, Omega Omni magic system. Having talked so much about it, indeed, if you go back to the last episode, I've waxed lyrical about this system. I thought, well, come on, Graham. Let's actually remind ourselves what it actually plays like and see how that works out. So we did. And it was a great little session, uh, lovely interplay between the characters. Jerry kind of kept the action moving along, guided us along as, as, as much as we were needed and gave us those opportunities to sort of do what we wanted to do and uh, came to a great resolution. I think one of the things that I really loved about the game was that I got to, if you like, do the magic um, and freeform it a little bit and build up those magical effects on the fly in session based around the modes of magic that I had. I was a, I was a battle mage, so I had uh, attack magic, I had ward stroke shield magic, and I had manipulation magic, manipulation being one of my most powerful magics um, because I was an animist, uh, and animists sort of get those sort of a, a, with a little bit of a boost um, so I had great fun with that, um, really worked out very well. And um, yeah, I had a great time with it. So I can tell you it played, you know, as well as I've been saying it should. 
which was really, really good. Um, and yeah, uh, absolutely sort of reinvigorated my interest in the system uh, because it just played out so well. Really, really good. Uh, freeformed it. That simple thing where you where you have the sort of bonuses and the uh, penalties, making one simple modifier to your D20 roll. It was all straight one D20 rolls. Um, and that just worked out really, really well uh, in play. Uh, it was quite a latest session, I think. Um, we started, started about 8 p.m. It was about 3 p.m. Pacific time. I think they were on Pacific time, so I was considerably in advance of the money, about eight hours ahead. Um, but yeah, really good fun. Who knows? I think it was being recorded. Who knows? Perhaps it'll it'll appear on the interwebs at some time. But there we are. So can't tell you about what I'm going to do with it, although there are ideas bubbling, but it plays great. Uh, and um, let's get something, some of this uh, system to the table as well and see how it plays out as a GM. And I'll certainly sort of let you all know how that goes. Great. So that's the best I can do for you, Arlen, right now. Uh, thanks very much for the, for the message. Um, and we'll talk soon. So in the next segment, I'm going to look a little bit about Omni, but I'm going to look at it sort of in the round with a few uh, of the other generic systems. Yeah, well, that was the uh, Jupiter transition piece as part of the Anchor podcast sort of suite of things that you can do. It's all very swish, actually, on Anchor. Uh, it's, what, it's what I'm using to record. Well, maybe use bits of it to record this podcast. And they give you all sorts of pre-programmed transitions. Um, I'll probably randomly throw them in. Uh, happy to get your vote on Jupiter. That's what you've just heard. Uh, there are some strange ones. Um, if you didn't think that was strange enough. Anyway, transitions into the next segment. This segment, well, I, I sort of wanted to have a look at Omega and the Omni system and perhaps just do a quick canter through doubtless some of your favourite generic systems. And I think the podcast to come, maybe next one, just to sort of foreshadow this a little bit, is to talk about generic systems more generally and kind of what they bring. Uh, or what they really bring, I think we, we, we talked about. So this is, if you like, my prelude to talking about generic systems. Might bring somebody on to talk about that. So if you're very keen on generic systems and you want to join in in a bit of a two-hander on this, give me a shout. Otherwise, it's, it's just me. So let's have a talk about a few systems. So I'm going to pull out some that I actually know. It would seem appropriate. There are plenty out there. And so if your favourite generic system isn't mentioned uh, in the next few minutes, then, um, well, soz is probably because I don't know it uh, that well. GURPS, got to mention GURPS. GURPS, Generic Universal Role-Playing System, um, speaks to me of the 80s. If you're into the fantasy trips, it's a little bit earlier. Um, but I'm going to talk a bit about GURPS. Cypher System, Monty Cook's system. Uh, Monty Cook's, if you like, core game powering a whole range of his games now. He's, he's really pushed the this, 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 this Cypher System forward has its maybe some of its origins in Numenera uh, and the strange um two uh, rather good games um so cypher how does it compare with cypher what what's going on with cypher savage savage worlds um played very little of that but um it's a great little uh, generic system and want to talk a bit about that fate of course you can't you can't talk about anything without talking about fate surely um 
Evil Hat Games, great game. Maybe, maybe one of the games for me actually that I don't play a lot of, but I have it, and as a generic system, I think it's terrific. It, it could be, could be one of my favourites is Genesis. So I'll talk a little bit about Genesis. I, I kind of like it. Uh, and the other one I want to talk about very briefly is True Twenty, which is going back a little bit. But I think it has the, the sort of closest parallels, I want to say, with Omni and Omega. Lots of similarities there. So, um, yeah, let's let's do a quick canter, shall we, through these for now. Uh, GURPS, then. So, you know, I played GURPS in the 80s. 3D6 bell curve. Um, a lot of balance. A lot of options. A lot of points by... Um, quite i think assiduously carefully managed sort of system uh, i had great fun with it in a fantasy campaign in the 80s uh, but i think for me it's a, probably a little too exacting and i i'm I, i'm unsure these days really whether i would pick out the system against other generic or even bespoke systems um the source books for gurps uh are awesome and i definitely use them with omni or indeed some of the other generics, which I'll mention in a moment. So I think for me, GURPS, it you know, it has all the things that you would expect. It's got a core task system. It's got advantages. It's got disadvantages. Um, it's got lots of different options for different character types. Uh, and it is highly generic. You can, you, you can get all sorts of different settings. I felt it, for me, it kind of lost its way a little bit um, with the science fiction piece I, I found that the um, imperial measurements in the science fiction are a bit annoying but that's just a small thing but i think also some of the bonuses sort of really sort of exploded and that's speaking from someone who quite likes pathfinder but they really exploded uh, up uh, when you were trying to scale up to sort of um large uh, sort of starcraft and starcraft weapons it's sort of things came out of kilter i did enjoy it as i say for fantasy um but maybe not for me now these days. I just don't think it's quite right for me. But there are plenty of uh, advocates out there, and it's 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 a very solid system, I would say. Cipher again, I really like Cipher. It's D twenty focused again. Uh, assets to reduce your difficulty numbers. Difficulty numbers basically between one and ten, and that gives you uh, kind of sort of the rating that you're looking for. Each difficulty is basically a three. So if you've got a difficulty five. You need to get a 15 or more. Um, difficulty four, it's 12 or more. Uh, and your assets can drop that difficulty number down so that the your overall task difficulty is uh, that bit easier. Um, nicely done. Um, completely player-facing mechanics. And I do like that. I, I sort of come from a bit of a, P, a PBTA background. I do like the idea that the players are sort of central to the mechanics. Frees me up a little bit to focus on the plot, the story, the role-playing, uh, the positioning of where we are, uh, and watching for that spotlight, you know, round the table to make sure that everyone's participating. So I, I like player-facing mechanics. Um, I think with Cypher, I would certainly bring that, that game out again. I went big on the recent Kickstarter, so I've got more books to come. I do struggle a bit with Cyphers which is a bit of a shame because it is the center of the cypher system. Cyphers being this sort of one-shot, big effects, um, 
typically, or at least through through Numenera, typically it's things that you pick up and can use. Um, sort of fun and sort of almost game-breaking things that you can use and then discard, and there's usually a, a high throughput of ciphers. Uh, there are, of course, subtle ciphers. Um, my favourite one being the sort of uh, catchphrase. So you've got catchphrases that you can sort of burn, if you like, um, which sort of to give you a bonus. And then you can sort of chuck in your catchphrase, call it out, burn it, get your bonus, move on. That's quite nice. I quite like that. So there are subtle ciphers which I can get behind a little bit easier, I think. Um, and they do kind of major a bit more on subtle ciphers on the most recent edition of Cypher. But even so, it's that thing where it's a core central piece of the design. You need to work out what your ciphers actually are. Um, maybe maybe I just need to get back to it and, 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 and do that again. Um, but even so, I think Omni might win out for me for some games over, over Cypher, as great as it is. Um, I just think it has a... It just calls to me a little bit more, I think. And uh, I, I kind of have that... You know that passion you get when you really want to play a game? You know, always go with your passion, I think, uh, is the answer. So Cypher, good, but Omni's right up there with it. Savage Worlds, great for pulp action. Um, it's got easily more tools out of the book to get your sort of multi-genre gaming in. Um, really, really nicely put together. I don't think I've ever run it. I don't think so. I've certainly played it at cons, especially, especially I want to say, maybe five years ago. I'm not saying Savage has had its day, but I, you know, there was a period of time where I was running some of some, some conventions. And I looked around the uh, down the roster of games and it was Savage, Savage. There was a lot of Savage going on, a little bit less now, um, in my experience. Uh, I, to a degree, a close call in some ways between this and Omni, but um, perhaps the simplicity and uncluttered nature of Omni will win out for me a little bit. And that's saying from a game you know, Savage, which is actually pretty simple, a pretty simple core premise, you know, four plus uh, polyhedral die. Um, you've got your extra die as well that you throw in, um, take the highest, everything explodes. And indeed, typically in a typical session of Savage, everything does explode, which is quite fun. But I think probably for me, it may still be Omni, um, as, as, as much fun as Savage is. And I guess I haven't run it very much. Um, so uh, I think Omni. I'm a big fan of Fate. Uh, recently, the condensed flavor, and if I'm running something off the cuff or you know, bringing a setting to the table, um, or one that's you know, got its own, own system, but I'm not so into that system, then I will always consider Fate as a possibility. Uh, you know, Fate delivers a particular kind of game, doesn't it? It's, it's a player narrative agency is baked in, collaborative descriptions of scenes, everything is a character. If you want something enough, you can generally use the meta currency in the game, the fate points, um, the sort of scene uh, aspects and so on to get what you want. Uh, I wrote a fate game with um, with Dr. Mitch, you know, it's so I do I do quite like it. Uh, and we kind of produce our own our own take on fate, I suppose. It's a very particular style fate. Uh, and if I want to stay more squarely, if you like, in a traditional modifier dice result kind of game, I'd probably again stay with Omni. But but Fate, I will always consider Fate because I think, I think it delivers such a good game. 
And now the sort of, I don't know, is it the one for me? What do you think of it? Genesis? Fantasy Flight, get one. That's Fantasy Flight Games, now Edge Studios Genesis. Uh, narrative dice game. It's got so much going for it. You know, I've skirted uh, running some of it. I've run some uh, a session, I think, of Terranoth Fantasy. Some sort of out-of-the-book SF space opera in the little-known but uh, compelling 66 Suns setting. I really should run more. Um, I've never found that the funky dice are, are too great a hurdle. I know some people say that, you know, they are. Um, there are rollers online, so there's nothing to prevent you uh, running the game online. Um, and it has, you know, it has support and things like Roll20 as well. Um, nice modern tweet system, sumptuous art. In some ways, in some way, Genesis kind of reminds me of Omni. Um, the variety of results are baked into the dice, you know, rather than an Omni results table. The gameplay is easy and the characters are, you know, quite similarly defined in some ways in terms of the sort of widgets, the bits that you get to build up that character. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'll do some more Genesis at some point. True 20. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of finish this segment, if you like, with True 20. Uh, it's it's sort of Green Ronin's sort of light take on the D20 system. It came out in 2006, so just after uh, Omni. Uh, there are many points of synergy between them, I would say. Uh, True 20 has a class and level structure, uh, at least in the core book, uh, which I would want to dispense with. And it feels uh, slightly more binary in terms of the results. I think Omni still wins for me, but you could certainly mine the True 20 uh, SRD for ideas and bake them straight into the Omni system if you wish. So, you know, I, I would probably um, take some of the ingredients of True 20 and embellish Omni rather than probably use True 20 natively myself. Um, things like the True 20 conditions, sort of player, sort of uh, player character conditions that you can get, they're great. You, you, you could just use loads of those in Omni, almost, almost as written. So yeah, really nice. Now there are, as I say, there are other multi-genre systems out there, and I think we're going to talk quite soon about generic systems versus, if you like, bespoke systems that come with particular games and the merits and possibly some demerits of going with a generic system. Um, so I, I won't say too much more about that in this segment. In the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, what I'm wanting to play at the moment, what's coming up. Uh, and maybe a little bit about uh, Gen Con 2020 online. So time is short, I've noticed. Uh, we're, we are literally running out of time, trying to keep it to within the half hour pledge that I gave. So I think probably I've just got time to just do the excitement thing, you know, just talk about what's bubbling around uh, in gaming, at least for me. I uh, hope some of this resonates. Lots going on. Uh, in particular, uh, I've got an opportunity to run a game at the Owlbear and Wizard Staff Convention in September. And you know when you do the thing, perhaps you don't, you don't know, but you, know, you do the thing where you go through your list of stuff and you think, well, what could I run? And I have to admit, I've got a rather sizable collection, um, not only in the physical, but also in the digital. So you do that sort of, sort of disc viewing um, exercise. And I came up with, and I, I'm so glad I sort of almost like uncovered it, uh, Scheherazade, Umberto Piglatelli's sort of whimsical and magical take on the classic tales 
of 1001 Nights, uh, uh, the classic Arabian Nights tales um, set uh, in, 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 in old and ancient Persia. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, the game itself, um, he, he manages to present all the wonder of those stories with great verve, a really simple system, beautifully done, dice pool, uh, combination of sort of opposing attributes. That's all you've got, a little bit of a concept which you can throw in and some extra little bits and pieces, some sort of uh, feet-like abilities that you have. Uh, great game. And I'm going to be, I think I'm going to run it. So I'm, 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 it's going to have a lot of the magic in that you would expect, cruel viziers, all that kind of stuff. And I'm looking forward to that. And also, it's been a great ambition of mine to actually participate in the Albert and Wizard Staff Convention. I've always somehow managed to miss it. Um, well, not this time. Uh, I, I hope I get some sign-ups. So there's that. So I'm going off uh, into that kind of a world, and I'm really enjoying building that game at the moment. It's lovely. Gen Con will have to wait for another podcast. But, of course, one of the launch products in Gen Con was the Advanced Player's Guide for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Yes, I snaffled up the PDF. Wonderful. Really, really lovely um, book. It, you know, in a game that you could argue has got too many options, they've just brought out a book that gives you some more options. So, yeah, okay. But the archetypes are wonderful. These are sort of ways that you can branch your character off into, in, into new areas that they are pretty much uh, class agnostic, so you can have your class, but you can then explore new ways of um, uh, developing your character into completely new branches uh, just by plugging in an archetype. It's really well done, and I I'm really excited about that. I think I'm going to get that to the table, no trouble at all. We will talk about part. I keep saying we will talk about Pathfinder 2nd Edition at some point. I, I don't even know how I got there, but I'm definitely there. There's some raised temperature, I would say, with um, Edge Studios bringing the Twilight Imperium space opera to Genesis, the aforementioned Genesis. Now, if that comes along, that the temptation to run Genesis will be just too much. It'll be beyond temptation, and you can expect some Twilight Imperium happening uh, whenever that arrives. So that's that's really exciting. I think they're also bringing up Midnight, that, 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 that setting that I talked about back in the, I think, previous episode, the sort of D, one of those sort of D twenty glut uh, products, uh, which I really got into, but I think they're bringing it out for one. I don't think they are. They pretty much said they're bringing it out for five E. Had they brought it out for uh, Genesis, I'd have been all over it. As it is, I wish them well. Uh, it'll be good. This is Gen Con weekend, and although I can't talk too much about it yet, my, uh, my next participation that I'm planning uh, in Gen Con is to play Leoness. Uh, in Mithras, the probably the ultimate and most refined expression of RuneQuest. Not only that, but I, but my GM is Lawrence himself. Um, so that's great. I'll be able to have a chat with Lawrence. I haven't, I haven't had a long time. Um, I'll get to play the fantastic Leoness. Uh, the book has just arrived. I've just got the book. It is beautiful. If you can get hold of it, either in PDF in book, you will have a, a great read. And it's it's been so faithfully done to the books that I haven't read. Um, so I must do that. Uh, apologies. Yes, I haven't read them. Um, finally, perhaps on my list of excitements, check out the bundle of holding and grab the Dying Earth RPG in its entirety. Well worth having. It's an amazing deal. Lots of amazing PDFs there. 
It's a great game, uh, well worth looking at if you haven't got it. Uh, I may go back to it, actually, because I think I've got a few missing titles. Uh, it's all good. That's it. I'm probably pretty much out of time. So that's some current excitement for me. Hope you've enjoyed this particular episode. I've left some links in the description here to the Gaming Tavern, a place where you can go and talk more rubbish, uh, and uh, a link to the uh, Albert and the Wizard staff as well if you want to participate in that convention. So, wonderful. Talk to you very soon. Stay well. Take care. Bye.